chapter seventeen of concerning isabel carnaby this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org concerning isabel carnaby by ellen thornycroft fowler chapter seventeen vernacre park trim the shrubs and mow the grass roll the alleys shady make the ways where she will pass fitter for my lady there was a large house-party at vernacre park at easter to meet miss carnaby who had just become engaged to the host lord wrexham old lady wrexham played the part of hostess a most stately and chilly dame whom isabel could not endure and in addition to the party from elton the company included the esdales lord robert thistletown and mr matterley besides sundry uneventful persons whom nobody took the trouble to differentiate isabel had been in a most reckless mood ever since she accepted lord wrexham she had definitely decided to stifle the romantic and to develop the worldly side of her character and having made up her mind to permanently adopt the role of a shallow smart woman she almost overdid her part in her anxiety to do herself injustice it certainly was a triumphal procession for her this visit to vernacre as its future mistress for vernacre was one of the finest residences in the midlands as they were sitting at lunch on good friday lady esdale remarked isn't it funny how hungry going to church always makes one i never have recourse to those artificial aids to appetite murmured matterly i'm always ravenous on sundays continued lady esdale and my appetite has evidently mistaken to-day for a sunday a pardonable error replied the artist for my intellectual powers have fallen into it too i am glad that you are hungry lady esdale said the hostess but not surprised for vernacre is always considered a peculiarly invigorating place the situation is salubrious and the subsoil old red sandstone i never feel so well anywhere as i do at vernacre i am always hungry in the country and thirsty in london continued lady esdale and that is why i am so much sorrier for poor people in the country than in town it must be so horrid to feel hungry and have nothing to eat don't you know it must indeed agreed lord wrexham and i have often wondered that the health of the lower classes is not even more seriously impaired than it is considering that they must frequently be compelled to leave their hunger only partially satisfied if at all i remember that aunt caroline and i were once kept stuck on a journey for hours far away from any station and we had nothing to eat or drink save a small bottle of cough syrup she happened to have in her dressing-bag we had to take occasional nips at that and because it was scarce we thought it delicious i never was addicted to cough syrup before but since then i have preferred it to champagne 
perhaps it was made palatable on purpose suggested lord wrexham some of those patent medicines are often far from repulsive to the taste oh no it was nasty enough really replied isabel but poverty made it sweet and i believe poor people get lots of treats like that lord wrexham shook his head i fear you are right and that the poor are too fond of taking quack doses not recommended by the faculty it is a bad habit but i presume that economy is their motive i didn't mean that i only meant that when you are poor life must be like one everlasting picnic i once wanted to be poor myself i thought it would be such fun i once was poor said matterly and i am bound to admit that the joke fell short of your expectations miss carnaby isabel helped herself to plover's eggs i felt i was foolish at the time and i prayed for more wisdom it is always safe to pray for the inevitable said the artist it strengthens faith without incommoding providence having got wisdom i now pray for the rest of life's good things like solomon riches and honours and fine clothes and horses and carriages en suite i never pray for what i see in the shop windows said matterly i choose what i think will suit me and know that it will be put down in my bill isabel's lip curled you are very bourgeois in your ideas i don't think so i'm merely honest with myself and do not call transactions providential which are merely commercial the temple and the money changers should be kept far apart i think madly that you misunderstand miss carnaby said lord wrexham in his slow kind way as he smiled indulgently upon isabel she does not really mean that she would ask providence for things with which her tradesmen could supply her of course i shouldn't pray for what i could pay for added isabel the artist bowed if i have misunderstood miss carnaby i humbly beg her pardon by the way he continued i once heard a story of a very devout cornish wrecker who never retired to rest without praying for a storm that always appeals to my sense of humour were his prayers answered asked isabel there were always plenty of wrecks if that is what you mean the wreckers were a terrible people said lord wrexham and it was a terrible state of society which made such things possible it is a comfort to think that these customs were confined to cornwall and the last century said isabel were they asked matterly i think so replied lord wrexham of course one has heard of wrecks and salvage on other shores but i believe that the custom of deliberately causing wrecks by means of false lights was peculiar to cornwall i hope you are right said the artist i cannot of course give names or dates but i have an idea that i have heard of cases of cruel and avoidable wrecks in other counties than cornwall and considerably later than the last century indeed i had believed that such savagery was extinct in england i suppose however that the love of gain was the motive now as then and his lordship looked quite distressed and the love of excitement 
dear me how shocking such things are shocking agreed matterly and doubly shocking to those who have witnessed their effects isabel laughed a hard little laugh perhaps mr matterly will make use of his artistic power to describe some of these harrowing spectacles i shall do nothing of the kind dear lady such descriptions would not be fit for pretty ears i believe even the wreckers themselves would rather not see the consequences of their cruelty therefore such things should be kept from the knowledge of refined and tender-hearted women whose nature it is to be kind and pitiful you are quite right matterly said lord wrexham approvingly descriptions of horrors and cruelties are most unfit for women's ears in my opinion but isabel still looked defiant perhaps then mr matterly will tell us where these modern and fiendish wreckers are to be found the artist strolled to the sideboard to cut himself some ham on the sea-coast of bohemia and thereabouts don't take any notice of him wrexham said isabel petulantly he is only making up just to irritate me lord wrexham was surprised why isabel what is the matter with you you and matterly used to be such friends i know we used but friendships don't wear for ever any more than clothes i have always noticed remarked matterly that the untried friendships are those which last the longest what is that you are saying about friendships cried lord bobby from the other end of the table the place of honour to which his rank entitled him was a grievous burden to this irrepressible youth i can give you no end of information on the subject as platonic friendship is the line in which i excel i do not believe in platonic friendships said lady farley the woman is all right but the man always cares too much or too little for the arrangement to be a success you are wrong cried lord bobby i have scores in good working order just now so i speak with authority on the subject they are all most successful and i start a new one every other week which i suppose you call a neo-platonic friendship suggested the artist don't be so horribly clever replied lord bobby it gives me the headache and will undermine your constitution in time my experience of platonic friendships is that they generally end in the woman's losing her head remarked matterly mine is that they invariably end in the man's losing his temper added isabel i notice that as a rule the man is either bored to death by the whole thing said lady farley or else overdraws his account on the bank of friendship and is surprised when in consequence the bank will not cash his checks that latter case is more often true of the woman than of the man i think replied matterly lady farley shook her head no men are much more exacting than women in their friendships that is to say if they really care it seems to me that men either care a great deal about things or not at all while women have a regular thermometer of degrees of affection and interest i think you are right there agreed lord wrexham men are so much simpler and less complex than women 
oh we are grander altogether agreed lord bobby simpler and yet more sublime don't you know one cannot help admiring us though on our corns the little spitfires tread tobacco smoke and ruffle crowns our head everybody laughed and lady farley continued i have studied men carefully for many years and i feel that i am now qualified to carry on a satisfactory platonic friendship but of course being married i have not time or inclination for the thing soldiers don't run out of a battle to try their skill at a shooting range they have heavier work on hand sir benjamin chuckled with delight still my dear you can give these young and single persons some of the benefit of your superior wisdom can't you tell us how you would carry on a platonic friendship aunt caroline said violet esdale well in the first place i should never argue with a man men hate it so and it does no earthly good in my young days i naturally used to endeavour to prove i was right when i knew i was but now when a man puts me straight as to facts of which he is absolutely ignorant i merely accept his correction and say i must have been misinformed of course i know all the time that i am right and he is wrong but what does that matter it is a woman's duty to be socially attractive not statistically correct and what else should you do lady farley asked her host i should never attempt to amend his anecdotes this is an unpardonable sin i have known homes broken up and lifelong friendships destroyed by one person saying that a thing happened on thursday when the raconteur had said friday while quarrels to which there could be no reconciliation have ensued from a difference of opinion as to whether a met b by the ten twenty or the ten forty five train lady farley has studied men to some purpose said matterly the lady smiled there is such a thing as compulsory education caroline is quite right agreed lady estelle it is never any use arguing with a man in the first place he is always sure to know better than you do that was not my reason for objecting to the habit murmured lady farley but he always is that is if it is anything out of books or newspapers of course clothes are a different thing and there i should be very careful about trusting a man's taste too far at least their taste is right enough but they seem to have no proper regard for fashion perhaps now that aunt caroline has taught us how to adapt ourselves to men mr matterly will teach us how to adapt ourselves to women suggested isabel for i believe he prides himself on his profound knowledge of and contempt for the sex with pleasure whenever i am dealing with ladies i take as my guide and watchword the legend painted upon the racks of railway carriages these racks are suited for light articles only and must not be used for heavy luggage and i find this is a most successful prescription for light articles one must read pleasure luxury admiration amusement etc and for heavy luggage sickness sorrow love poverty and every other adversity i see said isabel i once knew a man who put his heavy luggage in the rack in spite of the printed morning said the artist and it fell through and broke his head i knew another man who made a similar mistake in dealing with a lady the consequences were practically the same only it was his heart instead of his head that was broken 
isabel's eyes flashed i am afraid your friends are not as wise as you are perhaps not but i am hoping that they will learn wisdom by experience now where i find men so difficult as friends said isabel is that they never will tell you why they are vexed when a man is out of temper there is no secret about it he who runs may read and she who reads had better run away but the reason for this vexation is kept a profound secret you are quite right there agreed lady farley it is an interesting but inexplicable fact a woman is different she will probably not show at all that she is annoyed but if she shows it she will tell you the why and the wherefore that is quite true my experience of the sex is that when they are angry they do not err on the side of want of frankness sighed lord robert and then men are so jealous and exacting continued isabel that is where they disgust me the artist looked at isabel curiously as if by the outward eye he could discover whether she were as heartless as she pretended to be but her appearance afforded him no clue to the problem a man who irritates a woman by showing his jealousy and destroys her pleasure by such evil tempers is a fool and worse than a fool he said oh not worse than a fool you are pleased to be merciful miss carnaby because there is nothing worse she added i quite agree with you said matterly but some men seem to regard all things as patent or copyright which is manifestly absurd and men in love are worse in this respect than platonic friends isabel went on with her lunch while the artist continued if a clergyman or a doctor is not able owing to absence or illness to do his work he supplies a locum tenens to take his place and he is grateful to instead of offended with the latter for so doing then why cannot a lover pursue the same course and with the same sweet reasonableness i want to know the cases hardly seem to me parallel said lord wrexham looking puzzled of course it doesn't do to press a metaphor too far assented matterly another absurd thing about men isabel went on is that they expect you to like them because they are kind to you and do what you want while what you really like them for is the trick of their manner or the colour of their hair i think you are in a minority there my dear isabel said lady farley as a rule kindness appeals more to a woman than anything i believe any man could make any woman love him if he were only kind enough long enough people like us for what we do and love us for what we are interpolated sir benjamin that is my experience i know agreed isabel therefore we can make people like us but we cannot make them love us that is true of a woman said lady farley helping herself to strawberries but hardly of a man i still hold that any man can win a woman's love through kindness and i also hold that external roughness of manner will in a woman's eyes counteract the effect of any amount of secret devotion when all is said and done we like the men who will dance with us better than the men who would die for us such is the constitution of the normal female mind isabel tossed her head i do not think so 
but surely you like the people who are kind to you don't you asked her host no i like people because they are attractive not because they are kind i always pity children when they have to kiss grown-ups who have given them presents if i were a child i should not want to kiss the lady who had given me the prettiest present but the lady who had the prettiest face but children are taught to show forth their gratitude not only in their lives but with their lips suggested the artist it is a senseless plan all the same laughed isabel i couldn't bear to think that my friends liked me only because i was kind to them i do not think you need distress yourself on that score dear lady i want people to like me because i am attractive in myself not because i am amiable mr matterley shook his head i cannot commend your prudence for you will probably cease to be attractive when you are about five-and-forty while you can go on being amiable until you are eighty-nine i don't see that hundreds of women are attractive long after they are five-and-forty of course they are but they generally belong to the plump and amiable school tongue is not a dish which improves by keeping my dear lady disdain wrexham turned him out of the room at once cried isabel he is becoming insufferable what did he say i did not hear inquired the host who was feeding his dogs at that particular moment he says my tongue is too sharp and he isn't far wrong sang out lord bobby if you don't take care you'll be stung to death by your own tongue like the crocodile or the scorpion or some other old chappie you should have seen a girl i took in to dinner last week all through dinner she kept saying oh lord bobby how clever you are and she never said anything else now that is the sort of conversation that men like it is far better than the dizzying fizzying stuff that brilliant women treat us to don't you like the girls whom you think clever asked violet i like the girls who think me clever a long sight better and i don't believe that this is by any means a peculiar taste young people think and talk too much about what they like and dislike said lady wrexham rising from the table when i was a girl i knew what people were related to each other and which families were old and which new but i did not bother my head about who was attractive and who was amiable and who was neither if you have nothing special to do this afternoon thistletown said lord wrexham i wish you would drive madderly in the dog-cart to sunny hill i particularly want him to see the view from there it is such a fine one and also so typical of this part of the country i could have better shared a better plan replied bobby but my obliging nature cannot say him nay you can upset him and break all his bones for being so rude to me at lunch suggested isabel that would do him no good you may break you may shatter his bones if you will but the outward signs of an overweening vanity and a most unlovable disposition will cling to him still then the party dispersed and isabel went with her lover to see some model cottages which he had just built and which he was particularly anxious to show to her she listened patiently while he explained all the improvements and then she said i wonder if happiness is to be found in such things as subsoils and artesian wells lord wrexham looked at his cottages with satisfaction health is to be found in them and health is a constituent part of happiness
perhaps of course you couldn't be happy without being healthy but it doesn't follow that you couldn't be healthy without being happy i wonder in what happiness really does lie i don't know i never thought about it but you should think about such things my dear wrexham it is stupid of you not to you know but i cannot analyse my feelings as you do i am not an introspective person i find nothing so interesting as the study of myself said isabel that is very likely but you are an interesting person and i am not so the analysis of me would prove a most wearisome experiment that has nothing to do with it the analysis of me is instructive only so far as i am normal and therefore uninteresting it shows what human nature is like when i am original i cease to be interesting from a scientific point of view i am afraid i don't quite follow you can't you see that in vivisecting a frog the more common the frog the more instructive is the experiment yes i can see that then the same principle applies to a woman but do you mean to tell me you never think about your feelings asked isabel no i feel them and that is enough for me that is very tame you see exclaimed lord wrexham i have so many other things to think about and a state like this requires a good deal of management and i am so anxious to do my duty by all my tenants and work-people do you get really interested in the people about the place and want to know what they are all thinking and feeling and caring about of course not my dear young lady but i want them to be comfortable and prosperous and to regard me as a satisfactory landowner they walked on in silence for a short time and then isabel said isn't it funny how some people make everything into a treat by just being there i don't quite understand what you mean my dearest don't you know how the mere presence of some people will turn a stuffy little parlour into a fairy palace and a dusty street into a byway of paradise surely that is somewhat extravagant language replied lord wrexham of course i know that some sorts of society are much more congenial than others but everybody can see that do you know what it is to feel that life is made up of a lot of strange questions and problems and desires and that one person is the answer to them all persisted isabel my dearest child what funny ideas you have i am afraid that you read too much poetry and fiction and that it overexcites your brain oh i don't read all that in books replied isabel scornfully i know it of myself and by the way how many selves have you got how many selves why only one of course well that is very one-sided of you now there are five of me all neatly labelled and scheduled which are they i should like to know inquired lord wrexham oh there is my very best ideal self and my brilliant society self and my jolly everyday self and my ill and unhappy self and the demon whatever do you mean by the demon i mean me when i am shallow and selfish and worldly and say nasty sharp things and care for nothing but admiration and am a regular wretch all round 
what is the best self like she learned that the wisdom of this world is foolishness replied isabel dreamily and she found the key to life's holy of holies therefore i killed her because she knew too much you never met her and i have forgotten her for it is nearly two years since she died really isabel you are a little too prone to let your imagination run away with you but now i want you to look at this rustic fencing it is an idea of my own and is i think most effective oh it is pretty enough replied isabel indifferently lord wrexham's face fell i am so sorry you are not more pleased with it my darling i designed it for you and i did so hope that it would give you pleasure is there anything about it you would like different oh no it is all right you see all my delight now in improving vernacre is in making it fitter for you it could never be worthy of such a mistress as it will have but i hardly let a day pass without doing something to make it a little more meet for your acceptance it is very good of you said isabel gently as they turned away not at all it is mere selfishness on my part as my greatest pleasure lies in pleasing you i trust you will not hesitate to mention anything that you would like different either in my home or in myself and if alteration is possible it shall be made do you mean you would let me tell you of your faults of course i would replied lord wrexham and what is more i would try to correct them i once invented a game where every member of the company was told of one fault by the rest of the party unanimously on condition he or she promised to amend it and not to be offended lord wrexham opened a gate leading into the park was it a successful pastime it ought to have been but somehow it wasn't it led to strained relations all round and yet nobody seemed to have a fault the less in consequence now i played it in the proper spirit and i cured two bad faults of my own it was very impertinent of anybody to dare to tell you of your faults isabel and if i had been there i would have told them so no it wasn't at all impertinent it was only part of the game i forget what my faults were continued isabel musingly but i know i cured them both i wish you would play that game with me and tell me where you would like me to be different said lord wrexham rather wistfully i know i am stupid and not quick at understanding things but that seems more a misfortune than a fault at any rate i don't get over it and no one but myself knows how hard i try but anything that i could alter i, I gladly would to make life with me less dull for you my dear you haven't any faults wrexham not a single one lord wrexham smiled with pleasure but your virtues are rather overcrowded like the shrubs at elton continued isabel and would be all the better for a little thinning out lord wrexham's smile faded isabel had a nasty trick of wiping the smiles clean off the faces of those that loved her too much however when she saw that she had hurt her lover she was seized with compunction and began to make amends i say wrexham what is that funny little windmill for at the foot of the hill she knew well enough what it was for before she asked but she also knew that lord wrexham would delight in explaining it
his face brightened at once it is a new arrangement for pumping water up to the house you see isabel we have hitherto drunk the water from a well in the courtyard which did quite nicely for us but when i found that you were coming to live at vernacre i had it analysed and discovered that although there was nothing much amiss with it it was not quite so pure as the water from a spring at the foot of that hill so by means of a most ingenious arrangement the wind pumps all the drinking water for the house up from that one spring which i have proved is the purest water on the estate how good you are to me my dear old boy i want you to have the best of everything and i mean to give it you as far as i can but i should like to explain the mechanism of this arrangement to you isabel it is a most clever contrivance i think and repays examination so isabel listened patiently while her lover expounded to her how the wind turned the wheel which pumped the water up to the house so that much work was accomplished by means of a very little outlay you are so awfully clever at things of this kind she said as they strolled homewards i am sure you have literally more brains in your little finger than most men have in their stupid heads i have not many brains anywhere i am afraid but as i am always thinking about you and wondering what i can do for your comfort and pleasure i should indeed be a poor fool if i did not hit upon the right thing sometimes and lord wrexham sighed you very often hit upon the right thing i don't think you have any idea what a comfort you are to me wrexham when my head and heart are tired out they always come back to you as if you were a patent soothing syrup or a provision for old age i call you my rest cure i am thankful if i bring you any happiness my child in return for the abundant measure you have bestowed upon me in promising to be my wife yet i am but a dull companion for such a brilliant young creature as yourself however when you come to vernacre for good we will always have the house full of young people so that you will never have time to be bored by your slow old coach of a husband you are not a slow old coach cried isabel indignantly you are the best and dearest man in the whole world am i well it is heaven to me to hear you say so whether you really think it or not not that i mean you would ever say what you did not know to be true but you are sometimes carried away by your warm feelings to say things which exceed the convictions of your cooler moments i know i am replied isabel but i always try to be frank and truthful her lover smiled rather sadly my dear it is very noble of you to be so transparent and never to pretend you care more for me than you really do and my rational side commends and admires this uprightness but now and then i am weak enough to wish that you would let me deceive myself a little and, and not be so conscientious in your desire to enlighten me a fool's paradise may be a poor thing but it is better than no paradise at all isabel's eyes filled with tears oh wrexham how horrid i must have been to you 
never horrid to me isabel never anything but charming and fascinating and altogether delightful it is i who am to blame for being somewhat tiresome and exacting oh my dear do you think i don't know how dull and stupid i am and how tired you must sometimes feel of my society yet i am such an old fool that i like to pretend to myself that i am to you in some measure what you are to me though i know perfectly well all the time that such an idea is absurd and impossible in the extreme what is it in me that makes you like me so much asked isabel abruptly as they were watching the sun set behind the distant hills no special thing i love the whole of you and your faults as well as your virtues but don't you like me better in some moods than in others i don't think so i always love you just the same whatever you do or say you are you and that is enough for me but doesn't it make any difference when i am nasty to you persisted isabel it makes all the difference between happiness and misery but it does not make any difference in my love for you you are a good man wrexham my dear there is no goodness or badness in it i am simply made like that and i cannot help it nevertheless you are perfect whether it is your own doing or nature's if i were ten times better than i am i should still not be half good enough for you you'd always take my part whoever i quarrelled with wouldn't you coaxed isabel sticking a primrose she had just gathered into her lover's buttonhole always even if i were wrong exactly the same whether you were wrong or whether you were right the merits of the case would have no effect upon me isabel patted his arm now that is what i call real justice it is qualities such as this that make women love and respect men lord wrexham laughed and then said here we are at the peach house i want you to come and see some improvements i have just carried out in the stove which i think will ensure our getting twice as many peaches as we have ever had out of this house before whereupon his lordship plunged into a minute description of the methods whereby his peaches were to be prematurely ripened and isabel gave him her most satisfying attention when the walk was over isabel went to her own room and looked at herself in the glass miss carnaby she said you are not really a handsome woman and fate has given you far more than you deserve in exchange for a pretty wit and an indifferent face and a most admirable figure you will receive a coronet and twenty thousand a year with the best husband in the world thrown in as a prerequisite like a present of books with so many pounds of tea so the least you can do for the next forty years is to talk pleasantly and intelligently about windmills and peach-houses and such like interesting subjects remembering that if you'd had your own foolish way you might instead have been living upon a few paltry hundreds of years with a jealous and bad-tempered young man who couldn't keep a civil tongue in his head for two days together for the rest of the easter recess isabel made herself specially charming to her host she was flattered and petted on all sides and he was the cause of it so she felt accordingly grateful 
the praise which is always accorded to the woman who doeth well to herself was hers in full measure just then and it put her in a good humour with herself and with her world she tried her utmost not to be bored when wrexham talked to her about the things in which he was interested and she succeeded in so far as she hid her boredom from everybody in the house except herself and him but clever as she was she was not quite clever enough for that End of chapter seventeen